We hope you enjoy this message from Expression Church of Huntington. Psalm 103 in the King James. Better get ready. It's going to be good this fall. We got a lot of people still gone in Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee. People still traveling on vacations in July. But when we hit fall, it's going to be good. Are you ready? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, look, all of his, the Lord has benefits. He has benefits, right? It's okay to be blessed of the Lord. That doctrine and teaching and stuff that gets us down a little bit, thinking that it's okay, you have to just get by and, and, and just, you know, it's, we don't want to be too blessed. No, he, we know the Lord has benefits. It's not just prosperity, even though he blesses you with prosperity. Prosperity is not just money. Prosperity is health and wealth and, and joy and peace. The fruit of the Spirit are benefits of the Lord and from the Lord. It's okay to know, bless the Lord, on oh my soul, and forget now all his benefits. See, a lot of people have forgot about his benefits because they've shifted their, his benefits to the government's benefits. We look to our source to be in the government sometimes and what politics do and what government decisions are, and we forget that, bless the Lord, on oh my soul, and I'm not gonna forget his benefits, yeah. right? The government is not your source. The government creates a framework for, 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 of the, for the Lord to flow through. He does, they do. But the bottom line is, forget not all his benefits. The Lord has benefits. Next verse. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy, now here's where we are. Forgiveth all thine iniquities. Not some of your iniquities. Iniquities are habitual sins that are passed down from generation to generation. I'm telling you, forgiveth all your iniquities. You didn't just hang on to a few, right? You didn't just hang on to a few. The Lord didn't just look at you and say, gosh, I'm just, you know, that one's just too big for me. I just can't do that one. That's what, you just keep going back around that same old mountain over and over again. The Lord forgives you of all your iniquities. The problem is the people of God are harder on themselves than God is on themselves. God's not as hard on you as you are. Why do we keep going back to God and reminding him of things he's already forgiven us for? You need to move past the things that you've already done and forgotten, he's forgotten about. The Lord has moved on past some of the things you're still holding yourself up of. But you don't understand, I got some hangups because I cannot forgive myself for what I have done. It's not about what you have done. If he has forgiven you, don't remind him. He heals all of your diseases. See, sometimes we just need a reminder who God is. Sometimes we just need to, we've got, we, we like deep revelation, which I love too, and we're gonna unpack some great stuff come this fall, August and September is gonna be huge. But I'm telling you, sometimes we just need a reminder, like I had a reminder this past week, I just looked around and said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless your holy name. His name is hallowed, his name is holy. He's perfect in all of his ways. He's not trying to get me caught up in something just so I can, I know about his mercy and his forgiveness, but Let's talk about this. He heals all your diseases, not just your diseases and sickness and, and, and health and those kind of things. I'm talking about your diseases, things that just cause you dis-ease, aggravation, agitation, things that start taking root inside of you. Some of you have rage, some of you have anger, some of you have stuff that just don't take much to just pop the top right off your head and you're ready to go throw down and fight somebody. You're real quick, you know, stepped and fight. You know, you're ready to pull back. I'm talking to somebody I know. 
but the Lord wants to heal all that stuff from you. Not just your sickness, not just your, th- and he didn't say he heals some of your diseases. See, we have, we, have, we have reduced him down to what we have experienced rather than allow the word of God to shape what we do experience. We have looked at him and said, he healed, because you know what? We've had some disappointments. We've had some things that haven't turned out the way we thought they should have. We have looked at some people and said, God, we really believe they were gonna heal, they didn't. And I don't know why it didn't happen, but I can't go back here and say, he healed some of them. That doesn't say some of them. He heals all your diseases. We're, the Lord wants you to walk in health so this body can serve what he placed inside of you. Right? Now, our responsibility is to take care of this temple, to work and to serve, to fit. Why? Like they're doing it at three o'clock today and Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday with Maria and Steph and the others are gonna be involved in that. It's important for us to be able to do that. Why? So the body can serve what the spirit God has put inside of you. Verse four. Who redeemeth thy life from distraction. Here's what I wanna talk about for a minute. Here's where we mess up. Here's where we live. We've all lived here and we've all been here. We've all made mistakes over here. We've made some decisions we shouldn't have made. We've trusted some people we shouldn't have trusted. We've got caught up in stuff we shouldn't have, get caught, shouldn't have got caught up in. We, we lost some things we shouldn't have lost and were disappointed over it. And we've experienced a little bit of destruction in our life, which means we lost some self-esteem. We lost some security. We lost some confidence. We lost some years. We lost some momentum. And everybody in here has experienced that in some, in some way, form or fashion. We've lost some things. The problem is, when the Bible says that he redeemed us, redeemed thy life, our life, from that destruction, God has already begun to move on with you in your life past that destruction, past those disappointments, past those discouragements, past those insecurities, past those moments of life that we haven't really grown past. And it's time the church, you, me, us, the body of believers that are out there all over the world begin to go, I didn't mean that divorce to happen, but I gotta get over it. I can't bring them back, but I gotta move on. I know that business deal went south on me and I didn't want it to go south on me, but I I can't keep living in the south, I've gotta move forward. And we've got a promise of the Lord in Psalm 103, verse four, that says, he redeems the life, your life, from all of those bad decisions back over here. The bad ones, the ones you thought you had good intentions, but it didn't work out. And you hope better, here's another one, you hope better for your kids, but you see them made some bad decisions, you're going, gosh, they're living the consequences of some bad choices now, and I wish they hadn't married that one, or I wish they hadn't done that, and now they lost this, and now that kid is over here, and this kid's over there, and you're trying to figure out, gosh, should I have, God wants you to move past all of that. He wants you to move past all of that. He wants you to know and trust him. It's, it's bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord and forget not his benefits. Why? He's forgiven all your iniquities. He's healed all your diseases. And he redeems you from your past situations that have paralyzed you from moving forward. That's a promise of the Lord. That's an amen. That's not something we just go, God, how do we attain that? That's on him, it's not on you. This is not conditional. 
He did it. He said it. He performed it. And he looks over his word to see it come to pass in your life. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, verse five. Who satisfy thy mouth with good things. Do you know, this fake it till you make it stuff, claim it, name it, claim it, all that kind of stuff. I know it's all out there, has been. But there is a place in God where he wants you to be able to speak what you're feeling and what you're feeling is good. You don't have to think joy is not attainable. Joy can be fulfilled in your life. You can be happy again. You can be fulfilled again. You can be excited again, right? The whole days of just trying to get through life and go, God, I I got all these, we all got problems. We've all been shot, we've all been hit. We've all been kicked when we were down and we've kicked people when we're down, right? We've crawled and scratched and clawed our way back and tried to figure out how to get back to the ground, the surface again. The reality of it is, God wants to bless you and do some good things in your life so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, that's for the old people. Right? You can still go. You don't have to act old. Two two people down at the beach, down in Florida. Two people I talked to. One guy golfed every day. He could afford to. (laughs) He golfed every day, every day. He was in good shape. The other guy, which was his friend, were sitting on the porch when I walked by. And I'm talking to them, and he goes, I just can't get out and do it. I just, I can't get out and move like he does. And the guy, old man, looks at him and says, the reason you can't get out and go move like I do is because you won't get out and move like I do. He said, you've settled in to the end of your life. I'm fighting that it don't end. And I stopped and listened to that for a minute, and that's exactly how I got this scripture. I thought to myself, it's attitude and it's how you see it. It's exactly the way you see it. And we're all gonna end up one day going on to heaven. We're all going, but you know what? We don't have to give in to it all. Is that all right? Is that good? Your best days don't have to be behind you. Even though you may have more years behind you than you have in front of you in this life, you can, expect, you can, you can enjoy the latter part of your life. It's okay. You don't have to, and the reason most people don't, and this is what the guy finally told him, because I stood there and had a conversation with him. The guy told him, he said, your problem is you don't want to take a risk. He said, I risk it every day I get out there on that golf cart. He said, I, you don't want to get off, off the porch. And they, they had that just little, I don't know if they were brothers or what, but they were spatting back and forth. And I just started instigating and made it worse. <laughs> I said, well, what makes you say that? He said, well, he just wants to sit here. And then the wife comes out and they start bickering and arguing. He said, well, my wife comes out, I go to the golf course. He said, I'm smarter than he is. So he figured it all out. But they had the, there, was a, there was a joy that this man had. He was probably in his 80s. The other guy was younger than him, but he seemingly looked and felt older. Let that sink in for a minute. Next verse, verse six. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. What do you do when you're oppressed? What do you do when you're depressed? What do you do when you're, uh, you're, you're feeling repressed? What do you do when things aren't working the way you think they should work? And you're feeling like, some people even feel the suicide come up on them. You're thinking, God, I can't breathe. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make this thing work. And life feels like it's just closing in all around you. When that happens, the first thing you have to remind yourself of, and you have to remind yourself of this, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. 
It's the Lord that executes judgment and righteousness for you and not against you. See, we think because we feel a little bit of depression, we feel a little bit of oppression, we feel a bit, a little bit of this, this feeling of isolation, God, I'm, I'm anxiety, it's all kind of closing in on me. We feel it kind of coming around us, we're going, my God, what do I do? It's a reality, it's a real feeling. Let's not deny the fact that that's what we're feeling. But if you don't remind yourself that the Lord wants you free more than you want yourself free, you'll start thinking God is doing something to punish you based on what you feel like you have to do right or wrong. You'll think it's your responsibility to get yourself out of the situation when really it's God wanting you out more than you want yourself out. See, if you're grounded on an actual perception of who he is, your life will change. It's when we get off and skewed in our vision of who he is and get on the works of the flesh, trying to figure out things in our own flesh to make things better and manageable for our life. See, we're looking for management in our flesh when God wants our flesh just to crucify and let you walk by the Spirit. You don't need to manage the, the depression, manage all the things. It's real. It's not, we're not denying it's not real. I'm not denying it. I know how to feel. Like it's hit me at times or two in my life. And I feel, I can't even breathe. And you know what I have to do to remind myself? Sometimes it takes weeks or months for everybody ever to come to this conclusion. I gotta go back to the word of God and says, I gotta know who he is again. I have forgotten who he is. I become suspect of him. I'm thinking, well, it'll never happen, it'll never change. And before you know it, you're speaking such negativity because you don't see anything but darkness all around you. And when darkness is all around you, you gotta realize the Lord is the only one that can lift you up out of that darkness. It's spiritual. It's not just flesh management or behavior modification. Even though you can do some things to move, you don't wanna just manage it, you want free from it. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Verse seven, he made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. Don't be a Christian that don't, don't be a Christian that knows and has to depend on only when God shows up. God doesn't want you to be just like the children of Israel when they had the, the, the quail and the manna and they saw the benefit, they saw the end result, they saw those things. Those are wonderful things to experience. You wanna be like Moses. You wanna be like Moses because you wanna know how God thinks. So when life throws you a curveball, or something happens in your life that knocks you off balance, or you look at that person and they're turning against you and you're thinking, my God, I, I've been with you this whole time and now you're saying that, I, I, I feel, no. You wanna know how God's ways are. Brennan was talking about it this morning. It's when he comes at you and you know his ways, first thing you're gonna know is, God is not against me, he's for me. So it, it looks like this is here to take me out or to take me down take me over, to, to, to put pressure on me. It looks like it's a setback, but if God is in anything, even the setbacks have to move you forward. Do you hear what I'm saying? Christians today, a lot of us, something will happen. There'll be a, a bad report, a, a, a business downturn. It'll be economic changes. It'll be relational situations that hit you. And when it hits you, you go, oh God, God. And the first thing we do is we run to God and say, God, change this situation. Why not say it this way? God, we want the situation changed, but I don't want you just to change it like Israel got the action. I wanna know your ways. So the next time you hit me with something or something comes to me like the enemy, I'm smart enough, wise enough, 
discerning enough to know this has got to work for my good. So in, instead of trying to escape out of life, sometimes you just got to go through life. I know many people, many, many, many people. I've got even people in my, in some of my, in my family that they'll, they want to worship and all hell is breaking out all around them and they're worshiping. And they're worshiping. I said, man, that is incredible that you can do that in the middle of that thing. But you've got to pay the electric bill. They're going to shut it off if you don't pay the bill. Are, are you hear what I'm talking about? No, God, God's going to pay. God will pay the bill, but God's going to give you the money and go pay the bill. You're not going to believe what happened. I called the electric company. Somehow it got paid. Well, that's wonderful right now. Right? It looks good on your bill. But my experience has been, if they make a mistake for you this month, they may make a mistake against you next. Right? You wouldn't be, I end up with 500 more dollars in my bank account. Then go tell the bank. I'm not telling the bank. Why would I do that? To be honest. That's not a benefit. He don't have to cheat one person to get you blessed. He don't have to take one down to raise you up. And he never works in a vacuum. He never works by himself. So just because you're going through something and three or four other people are instigating what you're going through, it could be that they're going through the same thing you're going through. It's just in a different perspective. And you're thinking, oh, God, they don't hold the keys. God holds the keys. Why? Because God wants to bless you. It's a benefit. He loves you. He is for you. And he's not against you in any capacity. He made his way known, ways known to Moses. God wants you to know how he thinks, his countenance. You ever walk in a room with somebody and you know them pretty well and you can just see it on their face that they're troubled, They've, they're feeling something over their head or whatever it might be, you're going, oh, you walk in, or you can just feel the vibe that they're giving off, you know what I'm talking about? You just walk in. Can we do that with the Lord? Can you just know and be in such relationship and communication with him that you just feel when something is off or something is on, that what's pleasing to him? There's been times I've been driving down the highway by myself, honestly, just driving down the highway and I'll be praying or just communicating. My prayers are just talking, we just talk. And I just driving and driving and driving and all of a sudden I'll get a, I'll get a feeling of a little smile from him. You know what I'm talking about? I've also done the same thing when they're a little bit of a, a frown, right? Is that just, how many here have done that? How many have not had that happen to them ever? Just raise your hand, it's if you have, you have not had that happen. I'm gonna pray for liars first. <laughs> you need that, Father, in Jesus' name, we need the countenance of you to be so real in our life even so real and more real than the people that we live with. Let your countenance be so real, tangible. Let the presence of your countenance be real. Let it light up on us. Let it, let, it, let, it, let it capture our attention. Let us see the details of your face in every aspect, in Jesus' name, amen. Verse eight, the Lord is merciful and gracious Here's the thing, he's slow to anger and he's plenteous in mercy. He's slow to anger. He's slow to anger. People will be mad at you more than God will. You'll be mad at yourself more than God will. If you mess up, can I tell you what to do? Immediately, repent. Just immediately. God, man, I acknowledge this. And you move on, right? And you move on. 
don't sit back and try to figure out if God still hold it against you. Move on. Repent. Move on. Get away from it and go. He's slow to anger. Don't be hard on yourself. Next verse. I'm going somewhere. He will not always chide, neither will he will keep his anger forever. Verse 10. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, uh-oh, nor rewarded us according to our, aren't you glad you didn't get what you deserve? Amen. Huh? Aren't you glad you didn't get what you deserve? Everybody in here deserved hell. And thank God none of us are in here are going to hell today. Right? You did not get what you deserved. He has not dealt with us after our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Verse 11, for as, listen to this, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him, reverently are in awe of him and respect of him, look to him, fasten their eyes upon him, behold him. Verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from they don't meet your stuff is gone past present doesn't say your past transgressions it's your transgressions yesterday your transgressions today and your transgressions what you're going to transgress on tomorrow and does that give you permission to sin if you took it that way then you didn't get a hold of what the scripture really said because it should fasten you and hold you to hold you to come in closer and say if he would not hold that against me, I don't wanna break his heart. Why would I wanna break his heart? I won't break his heart, I don't wanna break his heart, why? Because he's not holding it against me. You're not trying to get away with anything. Grace and mercies of God will never give permission to your flesh. Verse 13, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. My, for he knows our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. Verse 15. As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it and is gone, and the place thereof shall now know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto his children's children. You got an inheritance, you got a legacy. His mercy and his righteousness is on you and your kids. You need to look at your kids when they're acting out of, crazy, out of craziness, and sometimes you're thinking, God, I want them to make the right decisions to go right. You need to look at them and say, instead of trying to worry about what they're gonna do wrong, you need to look at them and say, you don't have a chance but to do right. It might look like it's going the wrong direction, but they don't have a shot at it, why? Because your inheritance is his, is his inheritance and your, his righteousness is into your children's children. It goes on down the line. I look at mine sometimes and I say, listen, you, you're back talking like you're back talking. Your kids back talk or just mine? <laughs> you're back talking like you back talk and I don't like your back talking so I'm gonna backhand you if you don't. <laughs> I rewind, let's rewind that for a minute. I'm gonna, you're back talking, you're back talking and back talking and I'm gonna tell your mom so she can backhand you. No, that doesn't work that way either. You're back talking, you're back, and sometimes you look at him and you go, God, what are you doing? I remember when Lauren was going through the toughest time of her life at 19 years old, come home and told us she was pregnant. She ain't here today, so I can tell if you're watching by way of internet, honey, I love you. <laughs> she came home at 19. 
still had two years at Marshall to go. And she comes home and I'm, the, I'm a pastor. And she comes home and she says, I'm, uh, I'm pregnant. She didn't say it that way, she's crying. Her, I felt it in my heart already, I knew something. Her mom already knew, so we sit down and they called me home from the church and I went home and they're sitting there and I went, uh-oh, I knew something's up. And she said, I'm pregnant. And I said, okay. And I said, um, you know, I got one of two choices here. I could try to, I can't undo it. Abortion's not an option. Here we are. So we go, what do we do? I know what I do. What he did to us and to me was he fathered me because he knew I was pitiful. That's me, and he knew my frame. So I looked at her and I pulled her close and I said, we love you. We're gonna walk this thing out. You're not gonna quit college. You're gonna finish the school. We're gonna jump in and help you do what we have to, can to do, can do. And I said, and you're not gonna rush to get married just because it's the thing to do. Um, you'll, you'll plan it, you'll still live out your life, you'll do what you have to do, and, and hopefully you guys will get married down the road, but you're gonna graduate, Mar you're gonna graduate from college for university first with a degree that you can use. And she said, okay. So we rallied around her. They end up getting married. He graduated from Marshall, she graduated from Marshall, she's getting her master's degree. I look at it now, they got three kids, they, don't have, they didn't want to quit, did they? <laughs> Jesus. But, but here's what happened. The, when I first saw what happened, we had, I wanted to tell the church. I said, we need to tell this. We need to fully tell the church, not to, so she could wear a letter on her back, because through the transparency of truth came mercy and healing, Amen. right? You don't hide, you come forward. Why? Because I'm, I fear him. I don't, I'm not afraid of him, but I do fear him. And I'm gonna fear him so I can run to him because I know he can cover me like nobody else can. And if I know he ain't gonna hold this, me higher than my own standards, right? And I know he's gonna forgive me and forgive her, we're gonna do what we know to do. I'm gonna father her. I'm telling you, I watched it happen. And as the Lord began to baptize that situation, my, you know, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. I wouldn't trade, trade the Braley for anything in this world. She is a blessing for the Lord, and she's not a mistake. Amen. It didn't happen the way we wanted it to happen, right. right? But here we are. She is not a mistake. She's a blessing and a perfect gift from the, from the Father, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Now listen, if somebody hears that and says, that's the right way to go because the God's gonna bless it anyway, it doesn't give permission to your flesh. It just doesn't, right? Because not everything turned out, is, always turns out the way hers has turned out. Hers has turned out really very well. Because I love Bradley, great man of God. They work with our youth, great parents, great family people, and I watched it, but it doesn't always turn out that way. It's not an ideal situation. It's not the way he set it up, right? But he can redeem it, and he did. God, I look back on that, thank God. But I looked at her when that time, and I said, you're righteous, and his righteousness is gonna fall on you. I am not condemning you. I can't have you walk in shame. I can't have you walk in condemnation. I gotta have you walking in freedom. And how you walk in freedom is hold your head up high, and I'm gonna cover your nakedness all the way through. Why am I covered your nakedness? Because he covered my nakedness when I needed to be walked through. And if you can't cover somebody's nakedness, you don't love them, because love covers a multitude of sin. It doesn't excuse it, it covers it, and there is a difference. I'm starting to preach now, first verse 18. 
We're getting close to the end here. To such as keep his, to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. Verse 19, the Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdoms, kingdom rule of over all. Verse 20, bless the Lord, here he is, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of the word. Bless the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of this that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in the place of dominion. Bless the Lord, all my soul. Verse one, one more time. Verse one. Bless the Lord. I want everybody to say this with me. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Verse two. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Verse three. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Verse four, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. We'll stop right there. Here's what the Lord wanted me to tell you this morning. Some of you have forgotten who God is. It's just plain and simple. We got a lot to build on in August and September and October, a lot to build. We got lots of revelation that's gonna come forward. I'm talking about kingdom stuff, stuff that you're ready for. But I can't have you and us have the wrong perspective of who God really is. I can't get you over here thinking he, you gotta be suspect of him and you're, there's something wrong with me and I gotta get my life perfect and I gotta have it all right. No, you just need to be reminded this morning that God is for you and not against you. You need to be reminded in a real elementary, a rudimentary way that it is, he has got your back. You're harder on yourself than God is on you. You're pickier about yourself. You know all your flaws and you think he doesn't know your flaws. He knows your flaws deeper than you know your flaws, but guess what? He don't hold them against you like you hold them against yourself. Some of you reject people because you always have been rejected in your life. So you reject first so you don't get rejected. And you hold people back here. You hold stand right here. Yeah, no, we're gonna move forward and you're going to move forward with the right perspective that bless the Lord, oh my soul. It's okay if he blesses me. I don't have to make excuses for it. And I got news for somebody here this morning. He's gonna bless you in spite of you, not just because of you. He's gonna do something wonderful in your life, not because of you, but in spite of you. And even though you're doing some crazy stuff and you make some crazy decisions and you're a little wild in the way you are, you have an attitude sometimes, all that stuff. And he wires you the way because he knew your framework. He made you, he knew you were made of the dust. And I'm here to tell you this morning, there is a wave that's coming to the body of Christ, that you will be blessed and he is blessing his people. I'm talking about immeasurably, just because he wants to, just because the time of, the frame of time we're in living in, he's going to bless you. Some of you right now are going through some tough moments and you're feeling like I can't move forward, I don't know how to go forward. The first thing you do before you ever try to take a step moving forward is get a real reality check of who he is. He's the greatest thing that could happen and has happened to your life. He never left you. He never forsaken you. Even when you were going through the toughest times of your life, he was right there in the midst of it. Even when you lost your parents or you lost your family member or you went through a real bad situation, the job, whatever it was you went through, he was right in the midst of that thing with you. Every step of the way. Some of you have forgotten the good times, what he's done in your life. Some of you have forgotten. I know Maybe you don't make as much money as you used to. But he was there when you started that business. 
He was there when you didn't have the business. The Lord says, these are the days that he set up and he set them up for you. And your apprehension, your hesitation, your suspicion is because you're really relying so much on your own ability and you know what you're capable of. So that begins begins to be the lens that you see through. So you begin to see God through your lens of your incapabilities and your shortcomings. And God says, I want you to remove those lenses. And I don't want you to look through those lenses to see all of yourself. I want you to see me and then look at yourself. And you'll see yourself as I see you. I trust you more than you trust yourself. I have great things for me, but your apprehension, your hesitation, is really slowing you down. God said, I wanna give you permission today to dream a little bigger, think a little further, and instead of trying to just manage your situation, control your situation, why don't you take the boundaries off and see where I'll take it? God said, I see the next 12 or 14, 18, 16, 24 months of your life. You don't see it all, but I see it. And the things that I have for you are good. I just need you to trust me every step of the way. And when things don't turn out the way you think they should, or you got a little setback or a little detour, can you just trust in my ways instead of just looking for my actions. I'll get you there. I'll take you the right way. I know what's good for you, the Lord says. All I need you to do is bless me, trust me, and walk with me every step of the way. Father, we thank you, we bless you. We bless you, Lord, for who you are. We bless your holy name. We thank you, God, that you're the God of the beginning and the ending. You're the God of the first and the last. You're the God of the process. We thank you for all of that, God. And thank you for the reminder today, God, that you're good and your mercies endure forever. Thank you today for just a quick reminder of who you are, that you've forgiven all of our inequities. You've forgiven us of all of our past and you've healed us of all of our destruction and you've given us life for the death that we sometimes cause. Thank you for the reminder, Lord, that you've forgiven us and we need to just forgive ourselves. Thank you, God, for you that you just moved on and and did great things ahead of us so we can trust the path that you put us on. Father, we bless you. We thank you. And I bless my people here today, and these are your people. I bless them, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you all.